All right, welcome to another episode of 40 and Fit, where we take a deep dive into the male mind on the verge of a midlife crisis. My name is John Baruch. I am the host for the evening. To my right, we have our main man, Dave Kalari. Hello, good evening, everyone. And to our left, we have a, a special guest today. Well, everyone, welcome Kirk. Hey, Kravitz. <laughs> Same thing, got it. So, just so you know, we're pretty straight and raw here. Right. You, There's no you censorship. I you said Lenny Kravitz, he threw it all off. Um, so, Lenny. So, <laughs> everything is just straight up here. And again, to my left, we have Kirk Mitchell. Kirk, how are you doing today? Good, good, good. So, today, is, uh, we're going to discuss a number of things, but we want to take a deep dive into your life, right? I was told that there's some big realm about you that we need to get, take a deep dive into, given from our boy Andrew behind the scenes over there. So... Uh, like I said at the beginning, though, right, the, the episode is 40 and Fit, where we take a deep dive into the mind of a, of a male mind in the midlife crisis, right? The whole thing is we always want to go – I always want to start it off by finding where people stand in life, right? This is this is how I want to start this whole thing off. This is the reason why we started it, to find out where we all stand and and um, and, and how we handle certain things. So and first question is right off the bat. Right, right off the bat. Do you feel you've ever – do you believe in midlife crisis? Have you ever gone through some sort of midlife crisis? If so, because uh, being an entrepreneur, right? What what did you do? What do you do? You feel like it's, it, it would come upon on you, and and how would you handle it, or how did you handle it, and certain things like that? Okay, um, I guess I'll start off by saying I do believe in midlife crisis. Okay, and I don't think I had one until I was approached by Andrew for do forty and fit to talk about <laughs> midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Mid oh, you know sorry. <laughs> no, you could. Oh, okay. That's fine. Right, You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. So, um, I don't think I had a, a had a, or have a midlife crisis. Okay. But um, you don't have to. Yeah. You just don't know. No, but I I get it. I get it, especially when you have kids and you know you can you have like a scale of seeing how time moves a lot quicker than you know we think or we thought when we were younger. Yeah. Um. So start you know start putting things in perspective at a certain age and realize that you don't have all the time in the world. You know, and then your body starts acting a little different. Absolutely. It's not on the same page as your mind. Um, so I, I definitely believe in it. I haven't had one yet, but I, I could see one coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One okay coming. So so before we move forward, more, let's let's get a little more on your background, right? Yeah. So I, I got a lot of information on you, mm -hmm. um, and I looked into it. I really did. I went, I went I took a deep dive into your website and stuff like that. Um, Andrew sent a bunch of stuff about you. So I'm just just to just to verify, you're an architect, designer, right? Mm -hmm, Entrepreneur, mm -hmm. father of two, and you run a successful firm outside of out in Englewood. In Englewood, yeah. Right. So cool. So why architect design? Because if you guys looked on his website, uh, we'll we'll put the, the description on uh, uh, on the on the link there. It's you have some really great stuff. I was I like, wow, this guy has an eye. And like I don't have that type of thing. We got two of them. He just closes one, and, and he work. can still do it really well. He only needs one, but the two makes it double just as good. So, um, what made you start off in architecture? Um, in so I've I've uh, been talented and in love with art all my life. Um, okay. Both my parents are artists, not professionally, but something that they've um, done coming up when I was younger. And um, <clears throat> I excelled in all my art classes in the school. And um, it was, you know, my favorite, my favorite joy. It was a passion of mine. And then high school, I started looking um, to have to find a career or something to major in in college in order to um, start filling out applications for school. And I had no idea. 
So I went to my art teacher at the time. Uh, shout out to Mr. Otoshin. I don't know if he's still living or not, but that was my Tinak High School art teacher. And I asked him, I said, you know, I, I want to do something in art, but I want to make money. I don't want to be a struggling artist. And he said, well, go to the finance department. <laughs> Get out of art immediately. No, he said, look into architecture. And I'm like, wow, I've never even thought about that. Like, I didn't even really know what architecture was. Right. I had an idea, but didn't know the details. And then once I looked into it, never looked back. Really? Never looked back. It was that? It was that crystal clear. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, if it, if it wasn't architecture, what would it be then? I don't know, painting nude women. No, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, <laughs> that's a good question. I, it would have to be something in the um, the art field, something in the design field. The design yeah. field. Okay. So well, why why specifically, how did you get into like like design of like homes and, and, and stuff like that? Because, again, you like, I don't know. I'm not good at putting colors and patterns together. Right. I'm really not that person, right? right. I'm very straightforward that stuff i've learned that i know my role and i'm not that person how do you come up with those things and how did you figure that that was like what you wanted to do like why well so first i just started off i was big into drawing uh cartoon characters and graffiti like okay you know, i was yeah. big into graffiti you know this is back in tagging. the early 90s <laughs> tagging and and uh, i would do like um Custom names for people in school. Uh, okay. I would paint on jeans. Even back in middle school, no, I would paint on jeans. jeans. Yes, I remember and do that. like you know their name, <laughs> with the Bart Simpson character, and like I would do that and make money. I remember off that. Of it. This guy's a man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I used that. to make money in middle school with a good friend of mine, and um, so I was big into that. And I, I didn't know nothing about designing buildings. You yeah. know, I would just play around with it. So it's not until I actually learned and started studying architecture where I actually saw that I did have a passion for that. Because it's very relatable, especially residential design, because we all live in a home. Well, most of us are lucky enough to live in a home. So you can relate to the spaces in a home and how they function and how they should look and a nice looking home versus an ugly home, a big mm -hmm. mansion versus an apartment building. So it just kind of um, the practice and study of architecture opened up a passion that I didn't know I had, which is residential design. Wow. But before that, it was just drawing. I just love drawing. I love, yeah, drawing, graffiti, art. <laughs> it all and just kind of came into yeah. play. And then it, it, once I opened the book of architecture and started learning what it was all about, it kind of focused my talents and my passion. Was it first that. like designing a, like a building and like the structure of a house, or was it more so how, how the layout, the feng shui of the, of the rooms? <laughs> Good question. It, right. it was, they kind of go hand in hand, right? You can't do one without the other. So it's it really started with just kind of laying out functions of rooms and spaces mm -hmm. and then kind of morphing that into a mass and saying, you know, a cool building. Because when you're in school for architecture, you don't have to think about budget or anything realistic, <laughs> how it's going to be built. Right. You know, your building can float in space if it wants to because it's just theoretical. But um, that way it gives you a, a little bit more leeway to be creative. Mm -hmm. um, so then... When I started architecture, people were still drawing by hand. Nowadays, everything is done in the computer. computer yeah. But people were still drawing by hand. So I had to learn to draw by hand. Um, and the old, the old blueprints, that's why they called them blueprints, because mm -hmm. they used to you know, run them off ammonia machines and make blueprint copies. And um, so I learned the basics first. And then I started getting into the 3D modeling and 3D animation and graphics. Wow. And then that helped me kind of design massings of buildings and then you know started to play things the things that I couldn't do in two dimensions I can now do in three dimensions so it uh kind of just brought it together and yeah that's 
so all right, that's that's incredible that you have that 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 eye and that look, and you could you could actually render that in your head. How did you? Were you working for a firm prior to this? Like, what, how did you get a job? You you just started this. Oh, my own practice. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I worked for a lot of firms. So oh, okay. When um, was I was lucky like? enough to start an internship when I was in college. Um, my uncle knew the city commissioner of uh, Mount Vernon at the time, and he was an architect. Okay. So in my 98, like my sophomore year in college, he got me an internship. I would work there when I came home. So I learned more about the practice, and then I started working for larger firms. Uh, the Hillier Group used to be one of the biggest architecture firms in New Jersey. I did an internship with them in D.C. while I was in school at Howard University. And then when I'd come Shout home for Howard. the weekends and stuff, <laughs> uh, at Newark I would work. So I, that, I had a bunch of jobs until I started my own practice. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what made you decide to – because I, I did, I saw like, there's, a, there's a blip of your, your background, how you, you were doing other things and stuff like that. But how did you go into – why did you decide to start your own? Like did you feel like other people just weren't doing it as right, well right. <laughs> or something like that or you're just better than them? You know what? I've never really been an employee. I've never had an ah, employee okay. mindset. I've okay. always had an entrepreneur's mindset um, and I always know I wanted my own business, just didn't know necessarily what it was going to be. So when I started practicing architecture and learning about architectural firms and the business of it, um, I realized it's something I can do and something I wanted to take on. So besides the architecture business, um, I also invest in real estate. So I've had a real estate business. Um, I used to do general contracting when times got rough in 2009 yep. when the economy crashed. Oh, crying, yeah. you know, all architects lost their jobs. And I was doing general contracting because I was doing real estate investing. I had a bunch of um, rental properties and I had a crew of people that would do repairs and renovations. Yeah. So I started opening that up to family and friends and started making money that way. So I've had a bunch of different businesses. Um, do you still do that? Uh, real estate? No, I, don't, no. I just still do real estate. Yes, you I still do. invest in real estate. I still flip houses. Nice. Um, and I'm I'm trying to get more into development, um, but I don't do any GCing anymore. No, yeah, okay, it's just too much work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figure there's there's a lot behind that. Um, we're gonna dive into a couple of things, but um, when it came, when it came to starting your business, let's let's go there for a second. Then, mm-hmm. Right, I'm always curious about these things, and I know as we're always trying to figure out how we're gonna make the next buck or how we start our own businesses. Mm-hmm. What was it like then to even start? A business like that you had funds laid out do you have investors like how did you even start like right, it's always right. like a weird question it's, people like no, how do you come a, up with that a, type of money to like just rely on hey i'm just gonna jump in yeah it's not easy yeah it's it a lot of planning um so th- most architects do what they call moonlighting which is work from you know you, you do a nine to five work at the firm mm-hmm. and then you do a five to nine at home you start doing little projects here and there right okay. Um, so most architects moonlight, even though it's looked down upon. So, really? Yeah, it is. It's, you know, they don't want you. It's kind of dibble dabbling. I don't know if it's a conflict of interest, but it's, it's looked down upon. Save all your best ideas for, <laughs> that's right. for the man. For the that's man. Right. That's oh, right. Wow. <laughs> that's okay. I, I, I never understood that, but you know, um, I guess that's how it is here. Um, so, <laughs> okay. but, uh, so I started getting jobs, and the jobs started getting larger and larger. Um, so what I did was I, I had, an, I had a, a launch date. I set a launch date, which is a date that I was going to go off on my own. Okay. And I gave myself a year to really plan, sit down, started getting all my resources together, started saving as much money as I could, um, reaching out to all the people that I knew that would assist in getting projects like real estate um, investors, real estate brokers. Uh, contractors, other engineers, so other people that I could, you know, essentially look 
to, to get work. Um, I started taking people out for lunches and dinners and kind of just explaining to them that I'm going to, you know, go off on my own soon and I would appreciate their support. Was this like a hush-hush thing? Like you oh, allowed- it was very hush. Really? I, I, worked in a, I worked in a company. It was a real estate investment trust that I worked in and it had about 120 people at the time. So I couldn't let not one person know that I was leaving. Um, what would happen? What could possibly happen? Mob? What's going to happen? People get their feelings hurt. Yeah. Especially when it's a small, I'm assuming, tight-knit group. Yeah. All of a sudden- I know. Everyone's feeling You get butt hurt no matter what. But yeah. it's like- but what are they going to do? Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe it's just like, again, again, it's a conflict of interest. It's like, what, what is it that they're scared of? That they're the number one person? One is competition, oh, okay. right? Um, you know, you could take jobs away from them, um, even though that, that wasn't my intentions and nor right. did that happen. But, um, yeah, I think it's just really competition. And, and you know, in, in corporate world, because that was definitely the corporate America, um, they like you said they want all the talent all the money they want everything focused on that job you know they'll provide you everything that you can to make them money but if you think about starting making money outside of them that's where things start getting fuzzy yep. you know <laughs> so um yeah so i had a launch date i gave myself an entire year to save as much money as i could to get my plan put my portfolio together get my website ready so the day that i launched i already had um actually a 40 unit a residential project with a friend of mine who left his job about a year earlier, um, and I was going to partner up with him. So I had a big project that I was undertaking. I saved a bunch of money, got my portfolio ready, website was done, my contacts were notified, everything was set to go. What year was this? This is 2017. That's a, not too long ago, yeah. five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. That's that's unique. That's a, like such a great story. Where kind of weird, like saying great that other people will be losing someone <laughs> they're working with. But I think that's that's weird because that leads to another question I had. Like, being an entrepreneur, how do I put this? Do we think that everyone, because this is for everyone in the room, right? Do we think everyone could be entrepreneurs that could take that risk? Do you think they should all that? Or do you no. think, I mean, obviously we need what we call, like, workers, right? Right, right, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, carpenter workers, whatever you want to call them. Do we like? How do we all get into that mindset? Like, why? Why? Well, why you could be a you could be an entrepreneur and be a carpenter. You own your own. You own your own business. A carpenter worker is, is just an, it's another way of saying a, a worker. Or, I don't want to say like minion, work, a but worker like, bee. Yeah, do one of those. The soldiers. Yeah, but there you go. No, I don't. We do need those. We do. We do need those. But, but are there I don't forever think guys like that. There's guys. That everyone just, is definitely not entrepreneur material. Um, I think one of the biggest things you need is a very high aptitude for risk taking, and if you don't have that. You, you, the fear of failing or the fear of losing a job or fear of losing money, like completely handcuffs you. Then the fear of all that stuff is, ends up making all your decisions for you. So it doesn't mean you can't learn that and like take a few small swings, you know, a couple of bunts and yeah. before you decide, decide to take a big major league swing at it. But um, I think you really need to understand the risk involved. Everyone could have great ideas, big dreams and aspirations, but if you don't understand that Moving without a safety net is probably one of the biggest things an entrepreneur needs. Yeah. You're probably not going to do very well in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're 100% right. Everybody's not built for it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of risk involved, and you have to really believe in yourself. Um, so I was lucky enough right before I was launching, um, one of my closest friends, she's like a sister to me, her name is Erica, and she started a group called ACES, and it was basically I was gonna, That was of, a nice question I had for yeah, you. I saw that too. And that's how I yeah. met uh, Andrew, and how we got here today, is essentially um, a group of entrepreneurs that either have already launched, already started their own um, private practices, or that were thinking about it and needed support. 
Um, and you'd be surprised how many people are actually thinking about it. It's just to cut that umbilical cord of leaving an employer with a steady paycheck is tough. The only thing that they don't realize is that that umbilical cord is not built forever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, people are um, indispensable. They, they can be fired on a moment's notice and right. your whole world would change. Um, the a lot of people don't the think employees about that. get really scared about it, cutting it and think if they do the right things and are loyal that it'll be there forever. But there's the no employer loyalty. will cut that shit by there's, accident. There's no loyalty. There's no loyalty. <laughs> Trip over like some cables in a room. Oh man, I, I, I ripped it out. Oh well. Well, they look out for themselves at this point, right? Yeah. But, but does does that every entrepreneur or owner do they have that same mindset? Would you have that same type of mindset? What do you mean? Like as, as, a, uh, as a business owner, right? It's like, oh well, everyone's expendable. Like that's it's always a weird question I have. And like like everyone that we have worked for, or every owner, right? They've started off in that same position of. I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to like all right, gym owners, right? I'm going to try and open this gym and I'm going to get all these people to work for me. Right. But at that point it's like, Oh, well, you know, do you become that person where mm. everyone's expendable or how do you keep that faith? Like, how do you, you know, like you said, we're always scared to lose a job. Like how do you become that, that owner? That's a that, question. That, like, well, you create, you create the environment where you don't have employees. You have people who help you build your vision. If you if you don't treat the people who want to be a part of it like a number, or that they don't have like a personal stake in whatever your vision is, like if Kirk's gonna hire somebody, I'm sure if he sits down and speaks with them, it's like whatever wherever he wants to go, even though they can't see it, they have to be somewhat aligned with maybe where he was when he started, mm-hmm. or where he wants to go, or where they see architecture going in the next <coughs> two to five years. But if they're just someone kind of interested in like clocking in, you know get a paycheck. He's like, right. ah, you know what? There's, there's other places you can do that that are oh, like, they don't need to grow outside of what they're doing right, right. now. But if right. you want to grow, you want to find people who are interested in growing with you and within themselves. And I think if you're one of those people who's interested in helping others grow within themselves while helping yourself grow, you don't look at people as expendable. You look at people as like Assets. just, <laughs> just extensions, extensions of your own vision. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% right. When you started this, mm-hmm. did you already have kids? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. Old are, how old are your kids now? He was one. He was so, one? Oh, yeah. so that's He's scary, five now, right? right? Or not even one. Right. Right? He was born in 2016 in May, so wow. he wasn't even couple one. couple months. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, my wife wasn't working at the time, right, because she was on um, maternity leave. Oh, that's like real fresh day. <laughs> when she started, it was actually, I'm sorry, she wasn't on maternity leave. She was switching. She was switching careers. Oh, okay. Um. She was uh, she was practicing to be a nurse or studying to be a nurse. She passed her exams and she got a job while she was pregnant. So the baby came along. One of the one of the reasons I had that year and I kind of um, lined it up with her going to work was because of her insurance. Because um, I think it was 2017, right? Was when you had to when they mandated insurance. Yes, right? it was 2017. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we were kind of worried about that. Like, all right, I'm going to leave. You can't find. It's not like an fine. entrepreneur yeah. go out there and say, okay, I'm not going to have insurance. Uh, I'll just deal with it and, and live life, you know, like walking on eggshells. But now you're actually going to get penalized for not having insurance. Oh, thank you, Garçon. So yeah. one of the things was that she was starting working at a hospital as a nurse with great insurance. So that really helped. So that was part of the plan as well. How was that? Like that I mean, that's I mean, I, I have to mention because I have four kids. Mm-hmm. 
and and just even God bless you thinking man. about that. It's, it's, <laughs> oh yeah, struggling with two. You're yeah, man, struggling and I'm on unemployment at the very moment, right? So that's why I ask a question about entrepreneurship. He's driving the struggle bus, right? I, I, I right? <laughs> that's that's what it is, man. I'm trying to figure it. out. I'm trying to navigate this one. Okay. I got no GPS, but my, my two eyes. That's what it is, right there. I don't use MapQuest. Yeah, it's map, right? I printed it all out. It was the wrong. Right. I printed out the wrong one at the very Missed moment. Missed one turn. <laughs> shit. Now what? <laughs> now. Um, I'm looking for a gas station with maps. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why I'm always curious in those mindsets. You know, being around Andrew and, and Dave, it's just like, all right, well, I've, I've gotten. I always knew I wanted to do something bigger. I've always I've, Dave and I go back 20 plus years, yeah. and so I've all we've been trying to do things together for years now. Mm-hmm. Tried to hook them up with certain companies. They were stupid. They went the wrong way. Um, I'll say it. That's fine. No, I remember the. Oh, that's a that's a neat idea I had, and maybe gave you. Yeah, Uh, every like every time they just they were just like everyone just they just didn't go, and I was like, you guys are so dumb. But um, but I always knew that they're just being around. Like I do have to admit, being around these guys has been a lot easier for me to under to 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 have this vision, right? Mm -hmm. Like at this very moment, I'm. I'm not like hurting for money, but I could really use more money, <laughs> right? Damn, we all. That's this is like where I'm like surviving. Mm-hmm. I got nothing I could save at this very moment because everything's literally going through the kids, the mm-hmm. rent, and, <laughs> and and food, mm-hmm. gas. You know, gas sucks right now. It's gas like sucks. terrible. Like I don't want to drive mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, so it's always like that that scary part. It still is. You mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm we're I'll turn 43 this year. Like. There's a, there's a scary part of just trying to just taking that jump. Yeah. Like, what type of advice do you give anyone in my position, younger, to just take that that jump? What what would you say to someone that's that's looking to do something like that? Uh, plan accordingly. You have to have a plan. You have to write your. No, plan you just don't, just don't go. Yeah, <laughs> just right. be like, oh, you, I'm now an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, but the plan has to be written down on paper. The plan oh, has to be detailed. You're that guy. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You know, it, it's not real if you don't write it down. That's true. You know, right. so once you write it down, you or have post to plan. it on Instagram. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's forever. So everybody can hold you to it. Yeah. There you go. It's forever. That, and make sure you're passionate about whatever you're leaping towards. Because if you're not passionate and you're just looking for money, that's going to sizzle out eventually. Yeah. The money will find the passion. Ooh. I'm, 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 I've, I'm, I've lived that life where the money will find the passion. And if you're passionate about somebody, something, somebody, somebody else will read into that passion and then be willing to pay you for that. Hmm. It's hard to sell something that you're not passionate about. Oh yeah, totally. You know, right. I feel like someone's at the door. They're like looking at us, making me feel weird. Somebody, yeah, maybe. Not. <laughs> I think, um, but to Kirk's point, he's right. If you, um, if you're chasing the dollar, the minute you hit a hit a wall or a barrier, you're like, eh, I don't really feel like climbing over this. Is it really worth it? But if it's something you love, you're like, I'll just, I'll punch this thing till my knuckles are bleeding That's to right. get right through it. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, if you're always true, if you're passionate about something, you always you you will always speak your message and your vision, whatever that is. Then eventually, your audience finds you. You don't really have to go out looking for your audience. Just keep That's you're right. like you become that beacon of whatever it is you're trying to do, and then people end up seeing it and they're like, "Oh, I want to do business with this person." Yeah, you know, it's it's. <laughs> Where's the bomb sound? Come on. <laughs> I fucking like over there. It's not working right now. Um so how do you at this very moment, right? What's what's the what's the dream? 
like what's the the ultimate goal? Are you still working with the Aces? Uh, thing do you, uh, are you so still we haven't we now? haven't um as a group we haven't met he's probably living at least a portion of it <laughs> i am living the dream i'm definitely 100 okay. percent living the dream and um it's a good question because i try to give myself a five-year plan every five years and i've been very fortunate enough to hit my five-year plan so now i'm kind of working on my next five years okay um so the the, the dream is to have a sustainable business well it's an architecture and, and real estate investing that kind of runs itself and that way, I can practice only when I want to practice. Got it. You know, if I if I feel like there's a you know a design, or I want to do one beautiful home a year and put all my thoughts and ideas into that one home, and while I'm passively making money from my real estate investments, that would be the dream. And then I can have more time to you know travel with my family and um, and, and do things that I enjoy outside of that. So that's the dream. Part of the when I say living a dream is doing something that I enjoy that doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, and that's another thing I was going to add to um, not just being passionate about going out on your own and being an entrepreneur. But if you do something that you love, then it's not going to feel like work every day. It's like when you go to a nine to five, you're like, oh, I don't want to get up. I don't want to because you're making somebody else money, even if you do enjoy what you're doing. But if you love what you're doing and now everything is solely dependent on you, like the amount of money, there is no ceiling. When you're in corporate America, everybody has ceilings. Yeah. Um, when it's just it's usually you. the the ceiling's usually the bottom of your boss's foot. <laughs> That's hundred percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> and it may not just be you know the the boss. It could be many bosses down, just your right. superior. Um, so if uh, if it's just you, then it's there are no ceilings, and it's uh, you can take it as far as you want to go. No, oh, that's that's good advice from both. You know, that's 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 pretty unique. Um, I want to switch it up a little and, and go into to fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, do you? You're currently a member here at the I gym. Am. The gym. Get the to gym. the gym. <laughs> um, uh, how has has fitness helped you in your mindset? Because everyone says the top entrepreneurs in the world, one big thing that they they factor into their life, and it's like a necessity, is fitness, yeah. being healthy, right? I think that's that's a huge thing. And I, and I truly believe it. Uh, I've been watching certain things that we can talk about in a second. But how's fitness helped you? What, what do you do? Like, what type of workouts do you normally go through? What type of guy are you? So right now, heavy lifter. Unfortunately, no. I, well, not anymore. <clears throat> but um, right now, it's mostly just calisthenics. Um, I haven't actually been to the gym, which I'm a member of, and paying good money here <laughs> in, a, in a couple of months. And one is because I have a, a nine-month, uh, actually a 10-month-old baby at Okay. Home. Two is COVID. Um, three, it's cold outside. I have all the excuses. I could go through the list. But um, no, I do. I try my best to work out every morning. Um, I, I get up. I, it's called the 5 a.m. club. Shout out to Andrew, who's about to be a member. And uh, the 5 a.m. club, you get up at between 5 and 5.30, and the first thing you do is you work out, mm-hmm. right? And um, you kind of get the blood going, um, start activate the chemicals in your body and then after a workout then i meditate and then oh. kind of clear the brain clear okay. the mind get set for the day to come and then after that i do a little bit of reading a little bit of studying something to um, advance my education and my knowledge in my field and then before anybody else is up and the world is sleeping i'm ready to hit the, hit the ground right so this is around eight o'clock by that point yeah about, about eight you know seven thirty-eight. so um fitness is very important um one, health is wealth. We all learned during COVID that no matter how much money you have, if you're not healthy, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you work so hard for this money, but you're not healthy and you're going to drop dead. You can't take the money with you. Um, 
two, fitness allows you to stay up long hours, to, to <laughs> focus for, for longer periods of time. And when you're an entrepreneur, you are doing everything. So, you know, you're being, if you're working for a company, you know, you have your administrative assistant, you have someone looking over finances, human resources, um, hiring, the production work, the, you do it all as an entrepreneur, at least when you first start. Right. Um, so until you grow and scale your business, you're taking care of a lot of different tasks and jobs and you have to be fit. You have to be um and not just fit like muscles, but you have to be able to, you know, mentally withstand the day. Yeah, yeah. Mentally, you got to be able to stay up and work late hours and um, get up early. And so, fitness plays a, a huge part. How long have you been uh, working out? Like, what, what, uh, right now you said so calisthenics because you're home, right? Yeah. I mean, I, <clears> I've always, so I, I was um, a student athlete. I grew up playing soccer, baseball, and basketball. And okay. I played those three sports pretty much up into college because architecture took all my time after that. <laughs> but up until then, I, I played, um, you know, I excelled at those sports. I, I played them pretty much varsity through my school. And um, once you, like, grow up as an athlete, you kind of, if you don't work out, if you don't do something physical, then it's like you you're, you lost something. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of embedded in my, in my genetics now, yeah. growing up, playing these sports year-round. Um, training for something so now it's um it's kind of that's the takeover that's the you know you left off at uh, competitive sports and now it's more just fitness <laughs> competing with yourself i guess <laughs> um but yeah that's uh yeah, it's it's weird because just by you mentioning that, it kind of goes into like what, what I've always said that when I go to my kid's school um or we see some of these parents that are pushing their their kids like they're trying to live vicariously through their kids because they were yeah, student athletes and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, how do people go into that, that world? Right. It's like, I kind of feel like you just, you're kind of teetering on that side. It's like, so that's very important for right. me not to do that. Not to do kids. got it. Uh -huh. Cause I, um, I actually experienced that. Um, I have a really? nephew, I have a nephew uh, through my younger brother. And um, when he wanted to get into soccer, we were like, does his, is, does his wife know? That's so in the wrong direction. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> That's a clip right there. <laughs> so he, um, he wanted to, to play soccer. So we ended up, I was, the head coach, my brother was the assistant coach, my dad was like the onlooker. Oh and my goodness. Wow. It was so much pressure, it pushed him right out of <laughs> soccer. Was he good? Uh, he had potential. Yeah. Right. Um, How old? He, at the time, he was six, eight, <laughs> seven, eight. Wow. And he pretty completely left the sport around eight, nine. Because he got burnt out? Not that he got burnt out, it was just too much, too much pressure from the family. You know, this wasn't something that he loved. It, we're a soccer family, and it just didn't come naturally. But did you all recognize that, or was, the, was it him having a fit or something like that having oh. to? No, he just, you know. He just started to back. stop. He pushed back. He pushed back. He pushed back, and eventually until he just left, and we realized what happened, uh, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. So it's something with my kids. Uh, so I, had, I, I, I still play a lot. Of, I, I play a lot of golf. I ski. Okay. I snowboard. And I have my son now. He does. He actually just came from karate lessons, karate training. He does karate, he does golf, he does soccer, and he does skiing wow. and snowboarding. Um, and all of these things, we don't push him. We expose him, mm -hmm. and then he make sure he, he has it, fun right? with it. Yeah. You know. Now we, there is a certain level of um, 
commitment that he has to make. And you know, kids don't want to, I want to go to practice. Well, you have to go. You made a commitment. But as long as they're enjoying it, then, you know, we're going to keep um, cultivating that uh, that seed. But Is there any specific sports that he's, he's – He loves golf. More like, really? He loves golf, yeah, which okay. I'm, I'm ecstatic because I didn't grow up playing golf. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's lucky enough to be able to grow up playing golf. And, okay. And it's something – I think one of the reasons he loves it because I let him drive the cart sometimes. And he's five years old, <laughs> so he's like <laughs> – Pretty sure that's his favorite. Part. Yeah, <laughs> I fast think and furious on the links. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's he's going a little nuts there. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, he's not like liking karate, or is it just yeah, straight he likes karate? He likes um, he's moving up in belts. He actually trains right here at uh, Tiger Showman's in Englewood. Um, so it's you know getting a little competitive edge. He's playing soccer. He's you know got him out skiing and snowboarding. That's tough, but it's great because you know it gets some exposure. Um. But it's always it's always going to be a physical fitness aspect to my life and to my kids' life, just because yeah. I grew up playing lots of sports. So it seems like you have a really, really good relationship with your kids, and I'm, I'm assuming you have a pretty good relationship with your wife. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> um, being an entrepreneur, <clears throat> owning your own business, working those hours, how do you balance life, work-life balance? How do you balance being a husband, mm-hmm. a dad, mm-hmm. an owner? A lover, right? Like, mm-hmm. Let's be honest about that. Like, how do you how do you balance all those things and take care of yourself at the same time? There's it's, only twenty four hours a day. Easy. Like, what do you do? You, you're right, and that's one of the reasons. And you got to sleep like seven, know, eight hours. Right? That's what they tell you. <laughs> well, there you go. One third of your life is gone. Yeah, that's just a really good question, and that's one of the reasons I when I found out this guy uh, Robin Sharma with Five AM Club it was find a, find more hours for yourself, and those hours were before everybody wakes up at 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., those two hours just for you. Um, so it's very difficult to balance everything. And But I wouldn't be successful in my practice without my family, without my wife, who, mm-hmm. you know, helps support by, you know, doing stuff at the house and taking care of the kids when I have to, you know, be at the office or, or, or have late nights. And she's also a full-time um, working wife. So it, it balances and easy. I'm very... Um, fortunate that I live two blocks away from my parents so they're very <laughs> helpful and uh, okay. with the kids have a good support system yeah I have a great support system um my brother and my sister-in-law live like four blocks away from me so we're all in Teaneck oh, okay. close by so everybody helps everybody you still live in Teaneck I still live in Teaneck oh I live in yeah. Dumont okay so if the parents his brother busy don't worry Probably won't be home, but it's cool. <laughs> but okay, so so you have a support system. Um, but again, you know, we, let's talk about the sleep pattern at this point because that's one thing. Gary Vee has said it. I mean, Mark Wahlberg. You talk about his workout schedule. He works up. He wakes up at three thirty in the morning to work wow. out. To, I don't, the Rock wakes up at four o'clock in the morning to work yeah. out. What time do you guys go to sleep? Right. It's like in the fitness industry, we're constantly telling everyone you got to get more sleep. You got to recover. You got to do this. You got to do that. What a lie that it goes back and forth with everyone else. I'm like, so when when does the other, the other successful people sleep? Like, right. how does that work? Got to go so, to bed early. Which is what's early to you, though? I go to bed between 9 and 9.30. See, how's that early? I feel like that's still It is. Even a couple of times, I've been, we've been getting to bed at like 9, 9.30. And I'm like, God, it's tomorrow. Like, like the first I day like of kindergarten? laying down at but, 8 o'clock, man. <laughs> what time do you get up? Yeah, five o'clock in the morning. Oh, I have well, clients at five in the morning. Yeah, so, so I mean, that's they say you don't need eight hours of sleep. They say you need oh, I don't six either. and seven. Yeah, I wake up sporadically yeah. during the night too, though. So, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I do too. I mean, um, that's a tough balance, but yeah. you got to sleep. You know, you have to sleep. And you know what? Power naps. I don't take them 
as much anymore. Um, when I worked out of my house before I got the office, <laughs> I was pretty good at power napping. <laughs> I could take a quick 30-minute nap. You know, your bed's calling you. Um, That's hard to do, like working from home. It is. It's very That's hard to do. That's why I needed the office. That's right. why I had to get out of the house because it's, you know, your bed is right upstairs. It's very convenient. Yeah, there's a TV right there. Just turn it on. Right. Say so right. a Wi-Fi, right. I can put, do, use my laptop and, up in bed. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but you got a, a power nap. As a matter of fact, so I, I listen, I do a lot of this meditating and I listen to an app called Calm. And Calm has... Um, different featured people that come on and isn't, isn't and, that Matthew McConaughey's app or isn't he on that? He may be on it for like. Is a he the one talking? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I've heard people it. come and they do guest speeches. Like LeBron James has um, a, a really good session. I think it's like seven parts to it. And one of the things he speaks about is napping. And he really schedules naps every single day, usually during the last minute of the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Because he doesn't need to. They've already won. <laughs> I set that one up. <laughs> That's good. LeBron's hearing this. <laughs> That's good. But no, hey, I actually I like LeBron, and he's done he's done good things. But that was that was just too good to, to, <laughs> not, to not give it. That was good. Yeah, you got to sleep. If you don't sleep, you're uh, you're not going to function properly. So and meditation so, helps too. Right. So how did you how did you get into meditation? Just because you're like, oh, I'm tired. Let me just from this book, this, this book that I read, the Five A.M. Club, um, and he he they, he kind of preached about how important sleep, meditating, fitness, all these things played, and that some of the most powerful people in the world, this is the routine that they live by, and how they're able to squeeze more hours out of the day than the average person by taking naps and waking up early. Sounds kind of counterintuitive. Well, even Gary says the same thing. Right? Yeah. Like everyone thinks that. You know, he's so busy. You're like, oh, you like, you know, team no sleep. He's like, no, I sleep. It's just how productive are you when you're awake? You know, and that's part of it. Yeah. You know, if you're up in an hour, five o'clock, I mean, you're up at four, four thirty. Yeah. And I feel like I, by the time I'm kind of like midway through my day of sessions, it's like nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> that's right. the whole day I got like yeah. a couple more to go, and it's like people are j- legit just getting to just work and like out. pouring their first cup of coffee. Yeah. Some people just rolling out of bed at that time. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think if you're, if you're wondering like, oh, how do like how do people do it? How do people balance it? How like how can I do more? You just got to think of like these little things. I hate to say it, like these little hacks on, you know, like even something as simple as well, limit your scrolling on social media during the day, or mm-hmm. you know, if you feel like I don't know, if you're commuting somewhere, take that time and listen to some podcasts that are enriching your field or things you're interested in possibly doing or things that you are already doing. Yeah. You know, it's like you're, you're taking stuff in You're you're getting that two for one on the time, you know, hacks. I was actually watching this interview with Kobe Bryant and he was talking about how pretty much all professional athletes, at least in the NBA, they do two a days. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they train two a days and then maybe they take off in the summer. So they don't do two a days. They do one a days. So Kobe is like, I'm always looking for ways to get an edge, to be better than the next person to, you know. So what he started doing was three a days. If he wakes up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning, then he can start two hours earlier than everybody else and fit one more session in by the end of the day. So he said, if I add all those extra sessions up by the start of the season, I'm five years past. There's no way anybody can be as good as me because they haven't put in as much time. I have so many more sessions in, so many more hours in to my perfecting my craft that there's no way you can catch up to me. That's interesting. That's that's, that's really interesting. Because at one point, that's some straight up Kobe. That's Mamba Kobe mentality. Shit. Yeah, that's definitely Mamba mentality right there. 
like, like, so whenever I hear those things, right, the th- first thing that goes in my head, like, you get burnt out, right? I'm, and I'm always battling. That's that's a personal thing right there. I, I battle that part of, man, I'm, I hope I don't get burnt out. Because, again, I say, I don't want to use my kids as a crutch, but I got four kids. Yeah. And they're teenagers. <laughs> you know, my kids, you know, my oldest one has a boyfriend. I was, what? So, yeah, she's got. Her she boyfriend. didn't clear that with any of us. No. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 weird. It's weird. You know, she's turning sixteen and she's got a boyfriend. Oh man, I know. Like, I look at this kid. I'm like, what are you wearing? <laughs> I was like, oh, what what does he wear? Oh, the other like the first time I met him, he was wearing um a Popeyes T-shirt and Popeyes like the fast the food, food. Place? Yeah, and is he oh, an employee? Uh, a Taco Bell hat. Dude. Right? So they don't even go together. <laughs> no. First of all, when you see those restaurants, it be it's Taco, Taco Bell, Bell and KFC. KFC. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so I was really annoyed by that. But at least what I do like this kid, he's challenging the status quo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I looked at him. I was like, so what are you wearing? And obviously my daughter got really upset with me for asking the question. I'm like, whatever. That was the yeah. one question you asked. That, she was that was like, the first question I asked. I didn't oh, care. I didn't care. What was yeah. his response? He's just like, oh, they're, they're my cousin lent me the shirt. I'm like, you don't, you don't have your own clothes? <laughs> I'm that person. Wow. I'll go with stupid <laughs> questions just to see what his responses are. Right. And then he looks at her and he goes, oh, I see where you get your humor from. Oh. From your dad. Did like, that feel good? Yeah, that was good. Okay. I was like, that means she's good. smart. <laughs> that means she was probably, she's a smart ass. Like, man, too. she was giving me shit about my Popeye shirt earlier. Now dad's doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So now, now like, I, I, and then I ended up meeting his parents. Mm-hmm. That was that was awkward, because <laughs> I was just like, so how should I respond back about your kid? Because <laughs> right? right. they're like, oh my gosh, your daughter's so great, blah blah blah. I'm right. like, mm, let's let's have a sit down by your side. <laughs> I was like, they're too close on the sofa. They, you know, I'm like, I don't like that part. I keep the door open. I make sure I hear them. That's right. why I big thing. I'm like, they, I'm like, I, this is weird. I'm like, he's at the house a little too long. I was like, he needs to go home at eight o'clock, not eight thirty. Is he sixteen also? He's turning 16 ish. Okay. They're, they, but they're also, they're like brains. They're like, because my, my daughter goes to uh, an extension school for Bergen uh, Academy. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So they're both in the, the, the newest exten- extension school in, I don't know, Demers. Demers. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. They, 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 they opened up an extension park. And apparently at Popeyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they all work, apparently. <laughs> so. So they're they're all really smart kids. That's great. So it's it's good. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud about that. But that's one As thing. You I'm just should like, be. It's part you. you know, it's, it's 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 insane how like people are like, wow, you're really getting like emotional. I'm like that. That's my first baby, and I'm just like, she's like one of the smartest kids in her last school. Like the fact that she was like top three just to get into the academy. Yeah, that's what I said too. I like when we went to the intro. Oh we went to the to the uh, we sat there. I was like. This is your school? I was like, this is insane. <laughs> Number four school in the country. Wow. Number one in New Jersey. And she got into one. I was just like, it's weird. You're a Baruch. How'd you get in? <laughs> like, I, was, I don't remember writing I was like, checks. Well, exactly. I was like, I don't have any money. I was like, how did you do it? But, but she also lacks like a social aspect of her. She definitely does. Because she... Some of the things that comes out of her mouth too. I'm just like, wow, that's me. That'll come. That'll come. Yeah. I know it definitely yeah. will, but it's like weird knowing that she's she's so smart for her age. It's like you never know how old she really is. Right. Like that's that's the part. Like I, I tell his parents, I'm like, just watch out because they're gonna grow up really fast. Mm-hmm. Even um, 
I have twins. They're 12 years old. Oh, They're turning wow. 13. Boy, girl twins. <laughs> right? Um, my it's son, my, my, my daughter is, my daughter is, is like, was like a foot taller than her twin brother. Okay. Right? <laughs> so that was always a huge problem because they thought my daughters were twins, but mm-hmm. no, they're the twins. Yeah. Look at that. Right. He's the athlete of the family. Mm-hmm. She's just the wallflower. <laughs> so she's the one that hangs out on the side. Right. She just kind of watches everything. And then now he's starting to, and, and she would just pick on him, pick on him. You're short, you're short, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. Oof. And he hated it. He hated it. And then recently this year, he started eating like a horse. <laughs> Talk about growing pains. His joints are always hurting. He's always in pain. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Because I didn't, I, did you ever have growing pains? Yeah, a little bit. See, I don't remember that. I don't remember I actually that had to grow. You're tall. Like how you yeah, pains, I had a growth spurt, and I don't remember Did you guys growing have growing pains? pains? No, see, that, I don't remember that yeah. part, right? I used to have little ones like in my shins. In your sh- that's yeah, what he said. It. His shins and his knees hurt. Uh-huh. And I was just like, all right. And in the last six months, he's grown like seven inches. Wow. But she's still taller than him by like three inches, right? So she's How tall are they? Oh, she's like five, 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 four. And she's okay. 12. Okay. Right? I'm like, you're my height. This sucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, this really sucks that you're 12 years old. And she goes, Dad, I'm almost as tall as you. Shut up. Go away. <laughs> and he's right there, too. And, uh, and they're, they are not like their older sister. They're, they're definitely totally different. I got three different personalities I got to deal with. I'm just like, wow. And then I have my other son who lives in the Bronx. You know? And all my kids, you go into this, they're half black, half Filipino. Okay. Right? So, just the fact that he's growing up in the Bronx mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. with his mother, who's Panamanian Jamaican, okay, and he's got a Filipino father, mm-hmm. right? He's he's in a weird cross mix of racial stuff. He doesn't know where he wants to be, right? Um, and then I got these these three that are half black, half Asian, living in Dumont, mm-hmm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a little weird because they they they're going. I didn't realize that the, the whole racial thing was was that real to them. Like oh, yeah. for my son, for my son it was a big thing. I don't think I've ever mentioned this. What happened the last time to my son? Um, he was playing basketball, and these kids were telling him to get off the basketball court. He, they said they're like no monkeys allowed on the court. Wow, what? He's in Dumont. Dumont, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just like, yeah, good old Bergen County. <laughs> You're like, why are you guys like, here then? Right, and, and I was just like, what did you say to them? He's like, this is one of my. He, he actually asked me. He asked permission. This is how much my son. I love my son. He asked permission to curse at them. He said, what curses can I use, Dad? Which ones am I allowed to use? Can I use the A word? I'm like, what's the A word? <laughs> can I call them a B? Uh, boy? What? What is it, right? I was like, what words? Are you? Just just say it. Just tell me and I'll let you know. Can I use the N word? Whoa, whoa. Hold on. I get it. You have rights to it. But no, we're not going to go to that. We're not going to go there. Ask your mom about that one, okay? Uh, I was like, I, I can't allow that. Let's be real. I'm from Spring Valley, but yeah, I guess you can't do it. Was this your son that came with us to see No, that was location? No, that was the youngest one. Okay. So what does he look like then? He, he Does he look more Asian or more black? Definitely has more Asian features yeah he's got darker skin yeah but he's got dreads both okay. my sons have dreads um because of their mom they just yeah. love dreads so so oh yeah no i had dreads there when you saw them too yeah so they have dreads and they're like the locks. asian kids locks locks they're not dreads because it's not dreadful that's right <laughs> yeah i just learned that too apparently yeah, i was today years old when i learned that <laughs> yeah i didn't <laughs> even God. know i i really didn't realize until i started asking about their locks uh-huh, uh-huh. they're like no man it's not dreadful we're not dreading anything I was right like, oh my bad that's right the locks <laughs> um 
So yeah, you know, he he's been going through all these things as you know, and kids are picking on him. He didn't make the basketball team, so they were like laughing at him as to why he didn't make it. I was mm. like, wow. And he's also the shorter kid. Right. I was like, sorry, bro. Like the height's not in our family. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. I go, but you're definitely gonna be strong as hell. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that much. I go, you know, he's he's athletic. And then he's, there's his twin sister who is, she steals my clothes. You know, <laughs> she's like, she does. Not even kidding you. We went the other day. She, I, I saw, I, I picked her up. I was like, is that my sweater? <laughs> Literally. I was like, yesterday. It was yesterday. I was like, are you wearing my sweater? She's like, sorry. I go, where did you get it? Like, I couldn't even find it. <laughs> she goes, it was in your basement. It's like I had it. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's. That whole baggy look. I was gonna say, <laughs> it's back. Even if she's like got some weight on her, yeah. there's no way your clothes are like fitting her. No, she's she's literally maybe ninety pounds. Nice. And five five foot two, five three, <laughs> and she wow. wears. She needs MapQuest in getting into in the clothes, clothes. right? <laughs> Shit. Like for Christmas, I bought her a shirt. She doesn't even understand half these clothes that she has. That says, "I want my MTV." She goes, "What does it mean, Dad?" I was like. <laughs> I was like, you want these retro clothes? Oh, that's like, you know, yeah. I was like, you, uh, you don't know what it means? I'm like, never mind. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. And so she's <laughs> she she wants to go shopping at um uh Spencer's. No, 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 not even Spencer's. Oh, it's that's the big thing now. No, no, Goodwill. Really? So we go to Goodwill. You mean Sam Goody. I wish Sam Goody. Oh yeah. Sam but Goody. but you know, Napster took all those stores down. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sam Goody, all that. But she wants to go to Goodwill. And which is the greatest thing in the world, to be honest with you. I think it's disgusting. But you so. buy all these clothes. I'm like, you gotta wash this stuff. <laughs> you really have to wash it. But you buy it by the pound. That's how it works. Oh, I didn't know. The, that. the one specifically in Hackensack. It's a it's a it's a super salvation. I went there. I thought I was gonna find some like workout equipment. Sometimes you can find some good stuff yeah. in there. Oh, I found lie. VHS tapes, VHS <laughs> rewinders. That place is huge. Yeah, it's huge. And it's and like I was like, there's heaters in here, it's weird. But she found clothes, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's this whole thing of clothes. And I was like, man, what is this going to cost me, right? They put it on this. 37 uh, cents. It was literally $18. Wow. She had like 11 outfits. Wow. And I was like, oh, why do you have men's jeans? I was like, why do you have men's jeans with you? She's like, I just need a belt. I go, this is, this is ridiculous. I don't though. even deter her. Just let her, just let her ride it out. <laughs> I mean, I was like, whatever, man. Hey, this will pay for her college education, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I thought I was like, this is this is unique and weird, but that's cool. That's fine. What you want? She even bought like records. I'm like, you don't have a record. <laughs> she, I'm like, you don't have a record player. Like, why are you buying records? She took my Biggie record because I used to have DJ equipment. Okay, I used to have turntables. Me too. And I had, I had the uh, crates. A crate. I had my brother brought the crates to, to Vegas, and I sold the tables. But I kept certain ones that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I kept the Fugees. Mm-hmm. I kept Jay-Z. I kept uh, Biggie, uh, Tupac, Wyclef. That's what it was, right? She took them all, and she, like, hangs up up on the wall. I go, what are you doing? I'm like, don't. Clout. No, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm like, no one sees your bedroom anyways. Like, what are you doing? Better check, you them can't in- put- check them Instagram you know, stories. Yeah, there you go. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Background. And I was like, yeah. you you are, you can't put those records on the wall. I'm like, do you know how much those things are worth? Those are wrong with you. They're worth my popularity, apparently. So, <laughs> so in return, how this returns back to life as father, like the whole entrepreneur thing, right? To bring that back, it's like, 
dealing with those kids. Mm-hmm. I even got into my youngest son that he's already been, like dealing with my ex in the Bronx. That whole thing, him being raised seriously different than my other kids. You know, I get them on the weekends. Right. Child support, right? Mm-hmm. Like to have all those factors in to take that leap of being just straight up on my own. Yeah. It's scary. It's it's beyond scary, and it's just like. How do I do it without sacrificing or people suffering? Because I'm just like, yo, it's already hard paying bills as it is. Right. I'm making ends meet, but like, how do I do it? Like, what do I? Like, you're like a plan. I'm like, all right. What am I planning based off of? You know, I mean, I have a lot of connections. I'm like, I guess it's just it's a matter of asking the question. Yeah. Who's going to help? I mean, plan. Part of the planning is financial planning, right? Yeah. How much money do I need to put aside? to be able to supplement my income. So if I'm not paid for an entire year and I don't get one job or I don't get a dime from what whatever it is I'm trying to do as an entrepreneur, that you can cover yourself and that you can support your family and support yourself. So without that, I would not suggest taking a leap into anything <laughs> without having, you know, some type of backing. Cause it's not just passion is the only thing you don't you know you don't just need passion you jump out the window and passion is gonna let you fly. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like right. it's, it's like weird. Can't like, over <laughs> no, I love what I'm doing. Leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> it, which is you know, that's why I feel like sometimes I'm like, am I supposed to just do that? Like what what what, what where's where am I putting my faith into? Well, it seems like you your kids. I get that part, but it's also like I know I don't have money coming in. Well, your kids are at the age soon where they're going to be starting to go off to college, right? So you'll have right. a little bit more. It, it, you know, it's expensive and there's ways around it and grants and scholarships and so forth. But if um, it's really about time. So if you get some of that time back where they're not in the house or, you know, now you can kind of focus on what you're trying to do. Essentially, it just takes, you know, the planning and then the action. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not easy. And that's, that's why great. it's always... In, in my opinion, it's more beneficial to the younger you are, the easier it is to leap, right? You don't have as yes. responsibility. That's why, I kind of, not that I regret it, right? Not the whole midlife crisis thing. So, but we should have done this stuff a while ago. Like, I really feel like, but we didn't know any better. Yeah, well, think about it. You yeah. you were like, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. Right. You had no, so wrong. You, had no <laughs> I, you would have had no idea how to make that happen. Even if someone gave you a million dollars, you'd be like, I, I don't even know how to put it <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's the sad part. Not of those regret. It's like, oh man, I wish the things I know now what I would have done five years ago. Yeah, but then you're gonna say the but same you know thing five now. years later, right? right? So you know it now. So you know every day is one, you know, one less day. Imagine, you know. yeah, it's like I don't really, I wouldn't look at it and be like, oh man, if only I knew then what I know now. It's more like imagine what I'm gonna know tomorrow. Whoa, another one. You're gonna start writing these down. Man. It's on. It's recorded. It's already it's immortalized. It's, a, it's immortalized. I was. On, I'm on fire tonight. I got one liners is crazy. It's pretty unique. It's pretty unique. Um, but that no. That like you know, I'm just fascinated by how people live their lives and started. Right now, I'm very fascinated with what what you've done with a family. That's like it's it's like I, I again I see my you uh, just expounded on some of my struggles, and it's like. How'd you do it? Like, how do you do it, right? And, but I also like the fact that, you know, your kids are younger also. Well, that's just a little weird because you still got to buy more clothes and stuff like that. My kids don't eat as much yeah. as they used to. <laughs> so, 
you're 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 kind of on that fun stage where the kids are like fun. Yeah, to I, started be late, I started late when it came to the kids, so I'm getting. But that that also is because I was so focused on you know the career and making everything um, line up, so that when I did have kids, then we can afford to do the things that um, you know that maybe I missed out on as a child, or at least replicate the stuff that I, I was raised with. So um, yeah, it's timing is crucial. Timing is crucial, but it's never too late. And if you're really passionate about something and starting a business, then it's all about planning. And you don't need, it doesn't need to be a year plan. It could be a six month plan. It could be a three year plan. It could be a 10 year plan, but it should be something that, that you're um, wake up in the morning and you're driven towards. Because if, if you don't have a plan, then it's, you're going to do the same thing every day and you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to be very stagnant. But if you're working towards something, then every little thing, even if you have an hour a day or a half hour a day, if you can put it towards your goal, then you're making progress. You know, so yeah. it's got to start. That's, yeah. It comes that's, down that's to that's you got to start. Like, I realized, yeah. like, I said this the other day to myself. Like, let's just start. Yeah. Let's just, just start. suck it start up. Start it somewhere. Somewhere. I got nothing now anyways. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> got a beautiful family. That's the no, lot. No, no, I meant financially. Like, I have no money right. right now as it is. Like, everything's going towards them anyways. Yeah, that's true. I can live. It's... I'm literally still alive. What's the difference <laughs> at this point? You know, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to... To, to at least get to work out in because of because of Dave, I get to work out here, and stuff like that. Otherwise, I'd I'd be at home doing calisthenics, which I hate for passion. But <laughs> that's all it is. Calisthenics um, crew <coughs> to start a new could have started a new thing, a, new, a whole new program. Yeah, could start a whole a whole new group, charge membership for workouts. See, already I got your idea. He said it all goes to shit. You can start the calisthenics crew. <laughs> it's true. Five a.m. Kirk could be your. Oh, you can, there you go. There, you'll be the first one. You're, <laughs> you'll be the first member. Of the, and then we got Andrew. He's going to come in there. But he still has a neck problem, apparently. And how important is failure, though, in that whole process? It's important to uh, as milestones. And um, <clears throat> I think if you don't fail, you're not going to be prepared to fail. <clears throat> so it's almost like you're going to be blindsided. You know, so... Um, I think it's important to fail, but more important to learn where you failed. And it kind of gives you the formula to success. Yeah, so don't be scared of failure. Everybody fails. It's being scared. It's what gets me at people that are too scared to fail, you know, because then it's like you're not even trying. You didn't even try. Um, so you, you can't complain about something that you didn't try. You know, if you're so scared to fail, so scared to take a leap or jump, then um, you're going to live life in regret. So that's why I say if, if you start today, start tomorrow, and even if it's 30 minutes or an hour, you know, you, you know, it's like it's self-worth. You feel that you're doing something for yourself and for your dreams, for you know, something that you want to potentially pass down as legacy to your kids. No, that's, 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 that's good. And, uh, and just, just learning process. We, so we spoke about that the other day of learning – I think I spoke to Andrew about this. It's just, just learning the things that you you messed up on. That it's more of a learning process, oh, yeah, than anything else. Yeah, life is about the process, not about the. I've angle. learned a lot, man. I've learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So it, that's why it's again when you see certain things, and for me, it, it just goes back to a lot of my own mindset. And I realize that some people are in the same stage. I've, I've spoken to people that have gone through it, um, that are going through it as well. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I, I realize that it's it's a leap of faith. Like you said, in yourself and, mm -hmm. uh, and um, passion, just got to do it with that passion. The failure thing, it's a, 
not, never really looked at that part. It was like, hey, what happens if I do fail? Mm-hmm. How, how, how have you dealt with your failures? Uh, just more of a learning process it's also. It's more right? of a learning. It's, it's motivation. Because, um, you know, sometimes you fail, you feel like giving up. You feel like, oh, you know, it didn't work out and uh, I, I worked so hard for this. It's because <clears throat> you weren't meant to succeed at that time. Because um, I, I truly believe that things do happen for a reason. I know it's very cliche, but, um, you know, just for me, speaking of my personal life, everything that I've been through that's been difficult or have been deemed a failure has only blossomed in the end and realized that I wasn't ready at that particular moment. And that wow. when I did succeed in something, I was meant to succeed then because it meant that much more. And, um, and it, yeah, it just kind of got to have faith and have faith in yourself and you know if you're passionate about something it's because something within you is, is driving you it's it's pushing you so you know obviously unless you're like passionate about doing illegal activities typically <laughs> if, if you're passionate you know it's it's um it, it's still you're passion, moving in the right direction right it's still passion <laughs> now, if, you know it's yeah you Everybody's so gonna power. fail. On, Everybody's man. gonna <laughs> fail, right? We don't take L's, we take delayed W's. Wow. <laughs> I have got a really late delayed W girl coming up my way. Um Wow, I just had a question and I blanked on it. Um oh, so what type of who do you currently follow or, or who do you who do you what books and stuff like that do you go to to, to get to, to keep yourself motivated or even up to date on certain things? That was a um, do you currently do that? Do you, are, I do. you are you big on social media type uh, of thing for for business? I am on social media. I'm not big on it. Um, I follow a lot of local people because I want to know what's going on in the market as far as real estate, as far as architecture and construction. So I follow a lot of local people. Um, then I, when it comes to social media, I follow more of the imagery, you know, beautiful design and just for inspiration for myself. Um, but I, you know, I, I listen to a lot of investors and, um, influential speakers and like, like I was mentioning the book by Robert Sharma and, um, you know, Grant Cardone and, um, Gary Vee and all these people that, um, I used to listen to motivational speeches like every morning on the way to work when I used to have a big commute. Now I drive from Teaneck to Inglewood, so I'm all right. I don't have much of a commute. But um, you'd be surprised at, you know, just listening to somebody, you know, either give their experience or just motivate you in the morning and how it can kind of set your day up for success. Um, so reading, uh, podcasts, uh, a little bit. Of, so social media can be, you know, uh, a positive and a negative. Do you use social media to, to promote your business? Or? I do. I do. Not as much as I should. Um, one, because I'm, I have so much business that I really, <laughs> if, I, <laughs> like if I, you know, announce and kind of advertise, I'll bring in more than I can handle at the moment. But um, it's, a good, it's a good problem. It is. <laughs> it's it is a, a really great problem. problem. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, you know, one thing that uh, eventually Andrew can help me with. And um, we're, we're working to get to that point. But uh, yeah, it's it's important to just like the group uh, aces. It was it was important to learn other people's failures, other people's experiences, so that you knew what was coming. Because um, you don't know what you don't know, right? Is that group still around, even though you're not part it of is. it? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, Erica, Erica Jungblatt, the one that found it, she is an attorney. She has her own law practice. She's also a municipal judge in Teaneck now, and. Um, she so me Erica and Andrew share uh, office space in Englewood, and so that's how 
we kind of met Andrew through a, another uh, mutual acquaintance, but we all kind of joined ACES and, and I work with a lot of, so I get referrals from like some of the real estate agents or um, attorneys that were in that group. Um, I refer, so, you know, it's kind of like a an angel network, but it's also a support system for entrepreneurs. Um, and it just kind of branches off. You meet other entrepreneurs, you meet other people. Is it like a people. free program? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we would like meet once a month. Like a, like a, like a, Chamber of Commerce type of situation. No, um, Chamber of Commerce is, I guess maybe it started off like that, but it's more about... Or a Latip, Latip, have you heard of them? I've heard a Q-tip. <laughs> it's, it's a group that you have to pay for, and you get get together with like a lot of local business owners, mm-hmm. and you, you give each other like... You, 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 you give each other businesses. Business. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's all you're doing. You're, you're it's like one attorney in the group, one right, architect, yeah. one doctor, yeah. and everybody gives, okay. yeah. I don't... I don't I, I forgot what that's called. I don't, I don't know if it was called a tip, but there was one called a tip because oh, I joined it in Montclair. Oh, okay. And I paid for it, and then I was just like, "None of you guys are hooking me up." <laughs> I was like, "I'm doing nothing." Over they didn't here even here. give you the tip. Thank you. Yeah, it was a waste. But those groups are are very important for entrepreneurs because unlike someone that's working in corporate America, first of all, you're working with staff. You're working with a lot of people. You have bosses. You have associates. So you're around people. You're socializing. When you're an entrepreneur, especially when you start off a business on your own, you're by yourself every day, all day. Um, So one, just not to go crazy is have someone else to talk to. But two, to be able to go through um, the struggles, the ups and downs in the process of starting and and running a business with somebody that's doing the same thing is that much easier because then you bounce ideas off each other's head and and if you um, you know need resources one can provide so it's um, it's very important to network it's it's very important to network within your industry to find those resources that are going to help you and one thing I didn't have, which I hope that I am to somebody eventually, is a mentor. Yeah, so that, was, that was another question. I didn't I have yeah. a, like a, and I reached out to a few people to try to um, get mentors. And unfortunately, a lot of people are just kind of out for themselves. But um, I have a few people that I would consider mentors. One being one of my old bosses, his name is Dee Marchetto. He's an architect. It's amazing work. And if I ever have a question about the business, the practice, or architecture, or anything in general, he'll be there to answer it. But I didn't have anybody that I could just bounce. I can text message day, day or night, like, you know, what do I do? And, um, I think that's super helpful. I didn't have it, so I'm hoping that I could help provide somebody with that. <coughs> no, that's cool. No, that's cool. I, th- I definitely believe that everyone needs a mentor at this point. Um, I think that's a huge uh, – it's just an advantage. You, yeah. you get an advantage because someone has already messed up. Right. Right? But it's hard to, like, believe certain people. I realize that speaking to a lot of new trainers, mm-hmm. like, they don't believe the things that I'm telling them. I'm just like, guys, I've been doing this for so long. Trust yeah. me, it's not going to work. That's ego. Just, yeah, that, that's that's the whole <laughs> That's the weird part of that whole thing. Um, and, and obviously, you need drive. You need some sort of passion, like you say. And, and just to, to be able to go out there and do it on your own. And um, it's you have the balls, basically. You got to have balls. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, you you got to have the cojones yeah, to, to go out there and, and show the world that you're one of the best. Mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. it's... And it's it, it, you, you got to bet on yourself. I say it all the time. You got to bet on yourself. <clears throat> so I don't bet on the Super Bowl because I don't trust anyone. <laughs> uh, like, look yeah. what happened with Odell Beckham Jr., right? <laughs> He's gone now. But anyways. <clears throat> but yeah, that, that's great. I think that's great advice. Um, is there anything else that you think that you would, uh, that, that up-and-coming entrepreneurs or even architects need 
that you've already gone through? They like, like, what would you tell the first someone that says, "Hey, audience, to just starting my own business, right? right. Audience, architecture." What would you tell them from the beginning? What's the first uh, thing? Hey, come sit with me, learn all this stuff. Would you give someone that that? that well, experience? if someone's ready to start a business, they should be at a point where obviously they've learned they enough in the industry that they can handle going out on their own. Um, and I guess one of the most important things is you have to learn not only about the other aspects of your industry that you weren't specifically taught. Like, you know, when you go to architecture school, you learn about design and structure and mathematics and history, and but you learn very little about professional practice, which is the actual the business aspect of it. Um, I think you get one semester in a five-year program on professional practice. And professional practice is not just about, you know, reading over a contract, understanding what's in a contract um, or an agreement, hiring, firing, dealing with human resources, dealing with different personalities, managing people. They don't teach you how to manage people in architecture school, but that's probably one of the most important things if you have a business and you're scaling your business and you have employees, even more important in the work is managing those people to make sure that they're motivated every day to see the vision that you see, similar to what you said. Um, finances, you know, they don't, you know, you take very limited courses on, you know, economics or business, but it's, right. it's really just doing your own financing or, or knowing enough that you can hire somebody to know that they're not ripping you off, <laughs> right? Because that's, that's, you need to know a little bit about everything just so you can hire the right people to put them in place and trust them and know that they're doing what they say they're doing. So uh, it's learning all the little things, um, you know, so whatever, for instance, if you're a trainer, right? Scheduling is so important, right? If you want to have multiple clients. And then, you know, how do you incentivize these people and incentivize to grow your practice and bring more people into your, your training sessions? And right. then, you know, how do you get your training sessions heard to more, you know, visible to more people? And I guess that's what COVID showed and what you guys showed here in this room <laughs> is that you don't necessarily have to be in the gym to uh, benefit from trainers. You know, you could do it at home and there could still be dollars exchanged. Even more so than at the gym in a, in a you know a brick a, a brick and mortar building, so I think it's it's more learning about um, the business aspect of whatever you're trying to get into because at the end of the day, if it's your livelihood, you need to make money, right. you need to earn, and you can't do that just solely off passion. You have to know enough about finances that you know what to charge, you know your value, you know what the competitive market <laughs> is, and you know that you you know you're not getting ripped off, you're not doing work for free. And um, you know that that you can profit in the industry that you choose. So can we say that that's like that's a huge that should be like a course, right? It Just should be learning. It should be business understanding, how, like you said, how to read a contract. Apparently, entrepreneurship is like a major now in schools. I heard that. Too, I, I was like, what have the, no what idea what the curriculum like, is I like, and I yeah, I don't know. Like, but I'm going to hustle 101. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah, uh, but he's right. There's that. there's a lot of there's a lot of things that. Um, that just aren't taught in school in general. Yeah. That you gotta learn on your own. Be, yeah, like you like know. doing your how taxes. Do I, how do I do my taxes? How to balance a checkbook? And your yeah. math teacher's like, well, two plus two equals four. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like there's a there's a big gap in in there's a huge gap. knowledge and application in the in the current education. So system. we just came up with like a business idea. <laughs> we should be able to teach the basics of business, right? I mean, yeah, it's out there. And there's a reason why I don't teach this in schools, because they don't want you to become entrepreneurs. They want you to become workers. They want you to become worker bees, right? So you're dependent. That's no bueno. 
Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's how the world works, right? But I think that one of the main reasons that businesses fail, even marriages fail, is because of finances. Oh, yeah. You know, it's huge. So it's uh, the good thing now is social media, as bad as there are, you know, social media has become, there's a lot of benefits to it. And one of them is um, exposure to financial literacy. People are learning about credit. People are learning about Cryptocurrency. Investing. <laughs> I mean, everything. There's, yeah. you, you, it's at the swipe of your fingertips. There's no more excuse. You don't have to go to the Dewey, Dewey Decimal System and <laughs> look something up in a library. Like Kids wouldn't even know what that means. Oh, wow, the libraries but, even exist anymore? <laughs> I, I if they are just for show. Right. Um, they're just, just backdrops get... for their Instagram. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, everything's at your fingertips now. You can literally YouTube and learn anything. Just as off topic, talking about the library. My kids, my son, goes to the library with his friends. I was like, "Hey, go to the library. You're gonna do like, what book are you gonna take?" He's like, "Book." They go there to use the computer so they can play Fortnite together. <laughs> I was like, "Really?" Like I was like, "You're all gonna play Fortnite together?" They're like fifty percent there. They made it to yeah, the building. I was like, "Do you even know what's in the building?" <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> I was like, never mind. That was a random thing. I just thought in my head, like, wow, Dewey no. Decimal System. Library is just a building at that point because kids don't have a house to go to. They don't want to be around their parents. So it's just a place they can go after school and chill. Yeah, when you go in there, it's either you're really old yeah. or you're, you're really yeah. young just to play yeah. video games. I was like, oh, okay. I, mean, I don't know. No in between. Yeah, there's no reason for me. I'll just go to, I'll just buy the book on Amazon, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all that it is. Um, well, that was, that was great. Good information. I, I truly appreciate it. Do you have any, any other questions? No, the only thing I was going to say earlier about failure, it's like I remember when, failure. I, when I started RPM and we were doing the meal prep, it did well. I remember seeing a monthly tally in sales and I was like, what? I'm making, we're making this much money like slinging fucking chicken meals? You got to be kidding me. Um, and then as time went on, certain things were happening and my path was steering in a different direction and I kept the kitchen open and then I decided, I'm like, you know what? I think... I think the best thing right now is to close it. I didn't really want to because I, I did have that whole like, oh, I, I couldn't make it work. But then I also knew that it was also keep, keeping it open was also keeping me from doing other things and focusing on other things. And now I see that with some of the things that are, have been happening around, around us and certain people I've come into contact with, it's like all that information and like web infrastructure that we made for the website and ordering and all like that may come around again. So that definitely was not a failure. It's like, right. I know the worth of all that stuff that I did. Right. So if that were to come around again, it would, it would only be leveled up like a whole bunch. So I don't even miss the fact that I had to shut the doors and be like, oh, that didn't work. Didn't work then. Didn't work then. It wasn't the time. Yeah. Now, that's the same thing I say about when we tried to open a studio. Like, I've opened two of them before. I didn't know any what I was doing. I was like, oh, whatever. We have equipment. We have a space. Blah, blah, blah. Let's right. just throw some equipment. People will come. No one, no one came. <laughs> it was, like, ridiculous, right? I've learned. But people know we're open, right? Right. <laughs> well, we, then we were in a gym, and we were op I opened a uh, martial arts studio also right okay. in uh, Antenna Fly. All right. In, uh, in a gym over there, and I was just like, Oh, cool. We have there's members here. They're going to come and work out with us. And, and the kids are going to do martial arts where they're working out. Some did, some didn't. They like price points. And I learned really, I was like, wow, that was like the hardest learning experience for like a whole year. We were broke. We were broke <laughs> because all the money we made was just going right back into 
into the business in itself. I was right. like, wow, we're really not making any money right now. So we have to close it and stuff like that. That's why I realized, like, if we're going to open a studio, we need a year's worth of rent paid mm-hmm. up front. I don't mm-hmm. even care. Right. A year's worth of marketing. Don't care. That's Those are two essentials. Right. And everyone has to have at least six months worth of um, salary to live on <laughs> before we do anything else. So I was like, I don't care about how much the equipment is going to cost. I don't care how much rent. I mean, how, how much uh, uh, all the other things cost. Those things are first. Right. Like, I don't. Equipment is not even essential, in my opinion. You have two TRXs. I don't care. Mm-hmm. They still kill you. <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. So yeah, I, I, those are the things that. That's why I don't. I don't jump too deep into a lot of those things when people say, "Just do this." I'm like, oh, "You've never done this before." Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. <laughs> like you can't just do this. No. People tell me all the time, "Just open the gym." I'm like, "Look, look we're, we're trying." I just don't want to just do it. Yeah. Because like, then. When, when it doesn't work, you're going to say, well, you did this wrong. I was like, you have no idea what happened. Right. That's just, that's just what. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. 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 Social so. media is one of the things that make it seem like it's so easy. Just buy your first house, your first investment property. That's what I say. Like, no, don't just buy it. You know, <laughs> learn about, you know, the market. Learn about how much you need. And don't, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's very easy to say jump and do something. And But I think the point, the, the point that maybe those people we're trying to make is that sometimes people put so much thought into it they do so much reading so much you know planning but they never take the actual step right so then it's like okay you know when are you gonna you're only really gonna learn once you actually get into it yeah you know you got to get into the fire to get hot you got to learn you got to learn from those experiences you got to fail in order to succeed Uh, but yeah don't just jump without (laughs) actually you know doing the proper planning yeah that's why just won't do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Let me ask you a quick question on moonlighting. Moonlighting. You said the industry looks down on it. How do you look at it? Um. So, one of the reasons I, I believe the industry looks down on it is, uh, you know, I don't really know why the industry looks down on it the way it does. I I I encourage it. I'd encourage it because um, you're. You're starting your, you're kind of developing your entrepreneurism, right? And you're learning how to do things on your own. You're you're trying different things that you don't necessarily do at work. But I think where the conflict comes in is if, um, if let's say I'm working for a residential architectural firm and I'm designing houses on the side, then it's going to be the tendency of me to take stuff from the firm, whether it's take. Uh, you know, software or take ideas or take actual um, copyrighted work in order to use it for these other projects. I think it's too tempting. So they believe, you know, if it's just a hard split down the middle, if you don't do any work on the side and I keep you busy enough for my nine to five, you won't even think of that. But there's only, there's, there's no way to really learn to be an entrepreneur to go out on your own unless you're actually doing it. And like you said, you can't just jump from full-time job into no salary, no budget. <laughs> so you have to moonlight in order to start building up finances, building up clientele, so that when you're ready to leave, you have some clients, you have some cash flow. So I think moonlighting in any industry is is important. And you know, the people that do it are the entrepreneurs. You know, <laughs> for real. If most, I'm gonna say 75% of people want to go to work. Get off at five. Don't think about work. Go home and just have a beer, watch their favorite TV show, right. Netflix, and don't think about anything except work in the morning. And then the problem is they get into this cycle, and then they realize they're miserable. It's because 
you know, they're they're just using that as a paycheck and they're not really exploring what is it that's going to make them happy. Right. And, you know, so a lot of things, you know, just like working out, if it makes you happy and you realize, wow, other people can't do this, they don't know how to do this, I can teach them, there's a dollar to that. So That's a huge thing. Just yeah. learning, you're learning all those things as well. Yeah. Learning how to monetize your passion. Yeah. Your net worth. It's huge. We, we, we say this on this podcast all the time. Know your net worth, man. It's a huge part. Um, well, with that being said, I think that we, we've we've expounded on this a lot. This is good. I really, truly appreciate it. So before we get going here. Do you still oh, partner up and do um, investment properties like flipping? Yeah, yeah. I right. might have something for you. Really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm always looking. I mean, right now it's really tough because. It has nothing to do with me. Someone I know is. Is it a buyer's trying, market right now or is it? It seller's is a market? seller's market. market. Seller's market. That's right why now. it's okay. so crazy. So, you know, the only deals I kind of deal with are off-market deals because anything that's on market is overbid, overpriced. Uh, okay. There's you know, no money in it. There's no meat on the bone. Um, but yeah, I still I just sold something um, about a month ago. Yeah, two family in West New York. Is it two family in West New York? I'm always looking for that. Andrew will like this one. That's the so, cool thing too about um, sorry to cut you off about right. architecture in general it's not just you going to school to learn how to draw buildings it just opens you up it gives you an eye for design which many of the people that I graduated with they went off into furniture design set like Broadway play design um, 3D graphics gaming yeah. you know, somebody that works in Germany now for a gaming company um, construction so it can it opens you up to the entire building industry and the entire design industry so that way, there's so many different hustles in that. So even if I'm not doing architecture, I can do you know construction like I did, or I can do project management. I can do real estate investing. I can be a real estate broker if I want, and I can, you know, or an agent and be so much better than regular agents because I know the ins and outs of buildings, you know, or or, or construction or costs. So that's the huge thing. And then go back to all the time costs. I mean, you you got to know how much things cost and what the again value of what you have in front of you. You know, people don't get that part and it seems like everyone just you know just jump in We're like this is how much i have this is how much i want to spend i'm like but understand what you what you're trying to get what right. do you want right you know you just got to know those things you know, or at least look for it you know explore things do your research you know question things do i'm big on questioning things <laughs> i'm big on asking the question why um we're gonna go somewhere else nope no That's well no so before we, we we get going here let everyone know, like, what do you, how do we, how does anyone get in touch with you, your website, and, and, and what's your Instagram? Sure, sure. So my website, uh, www.akt-designs uh, with an S. And then my, What's AKT? AKT is, uh, is short for Art Kirk Tech. Got so it. it's essentially okay. the art, the technology, and Kirk in the middle. Nice. It's Kirk Sandwich. Uh, and it's another, it's another <laughs> play on the word architect. Ah. architect. So it's akt-designs.com. Um, Instagram is akt-designs, and um, yeah, find me on LinkedIn, website, cool, Instagram, cool, cool, cool. All right, uh, guys, you got anything else? Oh, this was well, this was actually very in, 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 it's been in, a pleasure, enlightening. Guys. I truly appreciate it. We we 
We uh, we appreciate everything, all the knowledge you just dropped on us. Now you got me thinking even more about this whole entrepreneur thing. I'm like, oh. Anytime you had a question, as a matter of fact, Andrew and I have been talking about trying to get ACES going again because we see, especially during COVID, a lot of people are working from home. A lot of people ditched corporate America and said, you know, I'm going to start my own thing. Yeah, there's so, so many we, open offices so we, now because there's no businesses right, anymore. Exactly. I was like, wow. We do the ACES roundtable right here. There you go. That, that'd be great. That's a good idea, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> not on Tuesday nights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here by accident. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, uh, Kirk, we thank you for being on. And uh, we'll, on that note, say goodbye, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Cool.